Hello and welcome to Perspectives, the APT's podcast which explores contemporary issues related to torture prevention and dignity in detention. I'm Almudena Garcia, APT's Digital Communication Advisor, and we are delighted to share with you an interview with the new UN Special Rapporteur on Torture, Dr. Alice Edwards. Appointed in July, she is the first woman to hold the mandate. Often described as the global conscious on torture, her mandate includes conducting country visits and visits to places of detention, receiving communications from individuals alleging torture and other ill-treatment, and preparing reports and recommendations for the United Nations on substantive issues. Through this, and by working constructively with states, the Special Rapporteur has the potential to drive significant changes to prevent torture and ill-treatment and promote redress for victims. We began our conversation by asking Dr. Edwards about her priorities for the mandate. Well, I've come to this position at a very difficult time in global affairs. Uh, torture, as you know, is one of the, uh, the most devastating uh, human rights violations, not just for the victims, but also their families and communities. In terms of my first three priorities, number one is the basic building block of a torture-free society, a legislative foundation. And many countries in the world have adopted good and positive uh, crimes of torture in their national legislation with appropriate safeguards. But there are still challenges in other areas. So I'll be presenting a report to the UN Human Rights Council next year and collecting information from governments and civil society on good practices in national criminal laws, uh, investigations and prosecutions. A second challenge we've seen over recent years and that I will be tackling is in the context of police overstretch and uh, excessive use of force in a number of contexts. And also related to this is the context of uh, police violence and uh, racism. I aim to present my uh, third uh, report, uh, which will be to the General Assembly next year, on uh, building community, uh, community-based, responsive, uh, representative and accountable police forces and other law enforcement. And the third area I wanted to mention is around military and security actors. Of course, the legislative framework is one thing, but also accountability structures and how military courts and other alternative systems uh, to the ordinary criminal justice system uh, function to hold uh, uh, such actors accountable should they be in violation of international law. Uh, through all of this work, I'll be taking a victim-centered approach, but I also think that is not enough. I'll also be looking at a whole-of-government approach and a systems approach, as well as making sure that uh, prevention is foregrounded. So I'll be doing everything I can to make sure that, uh, together with the international community and civil society, uh, that we stamp out this practice once and for all. Despite these continuing challenges, are there areas where you see progress is being made to end torture and other ill-treatment? There definitely has been progress. First of all, every country in the world is a party to one or more of the international treaties that prohibit torture. There are currently 173 states parties to the UN Convention Against Torture, for example, which is essentially the brain trust of the international community's best ways to prevent and respond to torture. So that's a real positive. 
what we need to ensure is that those international foundational steps are translated into domestic law and practice. We have also seen a number of countries transitioning out of uh, dictatorship and authoritarian regimes and into democratic uh, countries governed by the rule of law and human rights. It is exactly at this time, while they are considering questions of truth and reconciliation and how they can uh, rehabilitate not only victims but the entire community from the scourge of torture, that I will be making some uh, interventions. Now is the time for these countries to dismantle past structures and practices and really to move to a torture-free society. The third area where there has been uh, great progress is in the area of remedies. Although we might not think it, there have been more and more avenues for redress uh, by victims, whether at the state level, there have been uh, a swathe of truth and reconciliation commissions in different countries. There have also been domestic legislation that has underpinned uh, criminal justice efforts. And also at the international level, we have seen both the exercise of universal jurisdiction, where countries activate their own cases regardless of the connection of the victim or the crime to their own state, as well as even activating through the International Court of Justice specific crimes committed uh, in relation to the UN Convention Against Torture. The fourth area is we have a, a large number of very good soft law instruments that help guide public authorities in how to, for example, manage prisons through the Nelson Mandela rules. We also have good studies that show that safeguards in police custody prevent torture and uh, misconduct by police. Such safeguards might include, for example, the right to a lawyer or audio or video recording of uh, interviews. These are very, very good standards. If followed, uh, many countries would move from a system where abuse is either incidental or there are patterns of ab abuse or that it's even endemic. And I would encourage countries and civil society to use these standards wherever possible. On the subject of standards and guidelines, what do you see as the value of the updated Istanbul Protocol on the documentation and investigation of acts of torture? and the newly released Mendes Principles on Effective Interviewing? These are very important uh, documents, the updated Istanbul Protocol on the documentation and investigation of uh, acts of torture, and also the Mendes Principle on Effective uh, Interviewing. I've been involved in prior capacities in an advisory role for both documents. They are part and form part of the good soft law uh, guidelines and guidance uh, that we have available, and they both perform different roles. Uh, the Mendes Principles, uh, which is a, a new development but a relatively widely known practice of investigative interviewing, where uh, the importance is to follow a structure of the interview and uh, with that uh, to make sure that persons are uh, treated humanely and that they have the opportunity to answer questions uh, in a way that elaborates and extracts the most information possible. In terms of the Mendes principles also, if a state follows these principles, they will have a much more secure criminal justice system that is based on uh, the collection of evidence and interviews and confessions in an appropriate manner. 
As the Special Rapporteur on Torture, you have the power to lead national, regional, and international discussions on these issues. You can also promote and advise states on practical changes that can be made. What do you hope to achieve during your tenure? So one of the things I'd like to achieve is to raise awareness of the prohibition against torture. It's surprising to me and and probably to you also that a number of studies have indicated that the public is actually more tolerant at times of torture than they were, say, for example, after the Second World War. And I think this is a this is a terrible state of affairs that we've become kind of complacent about our human rights and that we need to always make sure that we we fight for them. And you only fight for things that you know that you have a right to. So part of my uh, tenure, I'll be spending time on raising awareness about the prohibition against torture, as well as the state of kind of uh, torture and how it is practiced or eliminated uh, worldwide. The second thing I hope to achieve is to provide technical advice uh, to states in a constructive way so that they are able to take decisions themselves and to lead in the changes that need to be taken. And by states, I mean the full spectrum within a society, so also the judiciary, parliamentarians, as well as obviously the executive authorities, plus national human rights uh, institutions, national preventive uh, bodies, etc. And of course, when necessary, call out uh, for investigations and call out governments when they are in conflict with the absolute prohibition on torture. Uh, I would also like to work with and for victims groups to make sure they have the redress and the remedies and the rehabilitation that they require to re-enter society. And how can civil society organizations support your mandate and contribute to your work? So civil society organizations, especially at the domestic level and regularly supported by international non-governmental organizations, are an essential part of of building this fabric of uh, a torture-free society. They are often the frontline providers of support. They involve human rights defenders, uh, medical practitioners and others. And certainly I'll be collaborating with those groups to hear from them about what really makes a difference for them on the ground, where their priorities are, uh, and trying to balance that with the agenda I've uh, set forth uh, for the mandate. Certainly, I will hope to meet with many such actors during my country visits as organizations that are on the ground and have the pulse of the country, uh, as well as, of course, I hope that civil society groups of all kinds will contribute to my report so that those reports can be reflective of good practices and challenges, and that they will also uh, resonate beyond their own borders, that there will be results from uh, the work that, that they are doing. You are the first woman to occupy the post after 37 years and six prior male incumbents. What does it mean to you to be the first woman to hold the role of UN Special Rapporteur on Torture? For me personally, this appointment is a great honor. I've been working for the rights of victims of human rights violations and torture for over 25 years with a particular focus on women and girls, especially in the context of, of war and armed conflict. 
So I think my appointment as the first woman is symbolically powerful to let other women know that even in male-dominated domains and the area of uh, the prevention of torture, given that it confronts mostly military, security, police, and other such actors has and is and remains a, a male-dominated field. So I hope that it gives uh, inspiration to others considering a journey uh, in this area. And then substantively, I think it's significant that my past work focused on women's rights and I will be ensuring that I look at the issues of women's rights and other minority and disadvantaged groups throughout uh, my tenure making sure that we consider at every turn what the implications of particular laws, policies or practices would be uh, for women and girls and other disadvantaged or marginalized groups. Dr. Alice Edwards is the new UN Special Rapporteur on Torture and Other Cruel, Inhuman or Degrading Treatment or Punishment. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Perspectives. We'll be back soon with another episode. And if you have an idea for us to cover on Perspectives, we'd love to hear from you. Contact us via email on apt at apt.ch or find us on our social media, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn. Thanks for listening and we look forward to your company next time. <laughs>